You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning. It's Monday morning on Monday, <laughs> January the 8th, 9-15. Uh, morning's Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. I'm Skippy. He's Dick. Hey! We're giving a, a shout-out today to uh, uh, Skippy's sister. It's her birthday today. Yay, birthday! Yeah, happy birthday, Kimberly. And uh, Yeah, so apparently there was an award show last night, and people were, like, all over it. But, uh, Dick, I have in my possession... This is breaking news. I have photographic evidence of collusion. Oh, yeah? Yep. How so? I have a 2014 photo of Oprah Winfrey kissing Harvey Weinstein, and he's liking it. So there's collusion going on in Hollywood. Everyone's wanting her to run for president now, including NBC. Uh, Funny how they're talking about that. Hopefully no one will notice that they didn't talk about Matt Lauer last night. Well, how do you feel? Okay, this is what I love. This, uh, This got me thinking about when Donald Trump announced his presidency. What was it, 2015 or whatever? Mm -hmm. Like when he first started doing it. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, there's at least one congressperson, senator, woman, man, whoever, who 30 years ago, 20 years ago, is like, all right, I'm going to make a career. I'm going to I'm going to go for the the big seat. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been working. The big chair. The big chair. I've been going really hard for this. You know, I've been working. I've been doing all the stupid stuff. I've been doing this handshaking, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, the whole game gets changed when you're like right there because you know somebody like has a calendar. Okay, you know out. you're you're describing Hillary Clinton right now. Right? Oh yeah, totally. But no, I mean there's more than that though. There's more people who are like I'm doing the fundamentals. I'm doing what is like what is the base of need, and then I can actually put my hat in. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like uh, we don't really care about that anymore. We care about uh, these celebrities who are running for presidency, and then especially in positive light. Because Trump has always been a negative light, I mm-hmm. would say, you know, give or take most of the time. So imagine the media behind a positive candidate. Well, easy. Look back at the last year's Golden Globes or the year before that or the year before that or the year before that when there was another president there that everyone loved. So there are no jokes about that president. It seems to be in the award ceremonies. Then it's just the nature of the beast. Um Every Republican president is well. No, I, I'm, the butt not, of the I, I'm not saying whatever kind of president they are. I'm just saying like you're just you. You were a congressperson. You've oh, worked you, so hard to get here, and then it's like I'm just going to do my best. I've done everything right, and then all of a sudden it's Oprah Winfrey, the woman who gave away cars, is known for giving away a car mm-hmm. to be a daytime. What would you even call her? A talk show host yeah, for talk thirty show, huh? years, and then now she owns her own TV show. Or TV network, and that's it. Like, it's not, I mean, like, cl- clearly she's... Well, here's the funny thing. Fit. She's black female Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, up until Donald Trump nominated or ran for uh, the, the Republican ticket, he was largely considered a Democrat. In fact, when he first threw his name in the ring, a lot of Republicans thought he was a Democrat in Republican clothing. You know, it was a big setup. And... So what do you think the Democratic Party would do to somebody like Oprah then? Well, like that, realistically, realistically. Realistically, well, that's the thing. It's all about who they want. Uh, you know, well, I mean, the, clear, the left the, has been the, saying Trump is not fit to be president because he's not a politician. 
but right now tonight or today they're embracing Oprah Winfrey. So it's it's not the 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 principles or anything. It's if you like the person or not. Oprah's likable for the most part. Yeah. Trump is not. Yeah, that's just all there is to it. Well, I mean, what's what's interesting to me about it though, I, mean, I would I would love to see if we could do like fast forward to an alternative reality, how mm-hmm. she would be as a president, because you know we're all learning. One thing that's beautiful about Trump and his presidency, we're all learning the day in day out of what he's doing and how you can kind of tie it into him, especially if it's bad. You can always tie it in like, oh, he spoke to Russians. Well, he spoke to Russians. Well, he's a president, you know, like I imagine they speak to Russians. But, yeah. but you know, talking about like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, especially like the uh, the foreign policy of Oprah Winfrey. And that's the – well, that's the thing. It is so hard to say because, you know, once upon a time we laughed at the concept of Arnold Schwarzenegger being governor or being a politician. I think it was a demolition man or something or one of those movies – where the joke was he was president, that they worked around the, you know, did a constitutional amendment where he could become president. And, you know, we're all laughing at that till he becomes governor. Uh, Jesse Ventura, a wrestler, everyone laughed. Oh, I'm going to put my name in the ring. And he becomes governor of Minnesota. You ever listened to him talk before? Like actually like sit down and have a conversation, like in debates and whatever? Uh, Jesse Ventura? Yeah. Uh, well, when he wasn't in wrestler mode, if memory it's serves. It's pretty interesting pretty, listening to him. It's like Frank Zappa. When Frank Zappa was in those uh, con- congressional subcommittee hearings about... Uh, 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 bad music? Yeah. Bad, bad words. Parental desire. He's like PhD level vocabulary, and and he just took Tipper Gore down yeah, like he sixteen was, notches. He was great. I mean, yeah, Dee Schneider too. It's it's interesting that you you have to give. Some, I feel like you have to give somebody a benefit of the doubt, especially if they won by election. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just sit there and you got to see what happens. But with Oprah Winfrey, I just don't. I mean, it's kind of funny to me to think about her in those positions. I, I, there's no way to tell. I, I personally feel to have an insanely rich. Uh, I don't want to say Democrat, somewhat a uh, fiscally liberal person, because, you know, uh, I'm fiscally conservative. I believe in budgets and, yeah, you yeah. know, don't spend more than you have. And and uh, but someone who believes, well, you know, you know, we got to tax more or whatever. To if get- you're insanely rich, you don't feel that burn. So it's easier for you to do it, to tax others. Going, well, I believe well, it. I can live with a 40 percent tax uh, rate. So you can, too. Um, that That's my concern as far as foreign policy. uh I believe we are the biggest kid on the block globally. I believe we got to protect others, and I believe we have to threaten others sometime going, you know, if you don't settle down, we're going to spank you. And uh, it's, it's, I would love a warm, fuzzy world all the way around, you know, uh, where one inspirational speech from Oprah Winfrey can bring world harmony. I Believe me, I would love that if, there were, if it could happen outside well, the world the, of unicorns. Well, the weird thing is she gave a speech yesterday that's been circulating. On the Golden Globes, we'll talk about the Golden Globes and stuff like that too mm-hmm. later in the show. But there's the speech of her doing basically. They basically all got together. I imagine out by, outside the microphone, and said, "All right, let's let's, let's Oprah, let's let Oprah do it. Let's let Oprah just acknowledge what's going on." Well, I think it's let's give Oprah this award so she can do. It. Yeah, and can you imagine anyone else but her getting this lifetime achievement award last at, night at this time. Yeah, I mean that's a good thing it wasn't Spacey or Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I, the one thing I aside, I want to ask you about this as an actor. Can you imagine being one of those actors or actresses about to accept an award for your performance in an art piece, and someone sitting there is talking about this stuff? In, 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 talk, talk me through that. What do you mean? Well, so? like, like, because most of the time when the presenters went up, they had to do a little something mm-hmm. about sexual harassment or something. You know, it's oh, not, yeah, it's a uh-huh. little bit. 
Like my favorite one was Natalie Portman when she said all male, whatever. And you could tell all the directors were male. But, and you yeah. could tell that was a dig. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, think about the guy winning that. And it's just like walking oh, yeah, up Yeah, that was completely unnecessary like, because like, man. it's not the director's fault that they're the only ones nominated. But the dig was to them. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's, I, you're absolutely right. And, and it happened in different types of ways throughout the ceremony about, mm-hmm. you know, just it, it kind of paints it in a weird picture when you're trying to not want it to be at all on the same canvas when you're accepting that award. Like, don't, don't. <laughs> I don't even know these guys. Well, well, the joke was it's like every woman that won an award had to say something. And every man who won an award was like, had to nope. apologize for yeah, something. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm a male director receiving this award. If I'd been a woman, I'd be happier right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was kind of funny when I was watching. I was like, man, that kind of sucks. Yeah, but, I couldn't uh, even watch it. I'm just going to do the, you know, highs and lows from Yahoo News or something, and that'll be my uh, Golden Globe update. But no, when they, they gave her that opportunity, and it was like, all right, so they needed somebody to say it, someone that no one can complain about. And, uh, but every, like, as I was watching this, I imagine, I'm not kidding you, I go, I bet there's a picture of her with Harvey Weinstein. Mm. Like, I bet there is. And you, I walk in this morning and you show me a picture of her kissing him. That's right. And I'm like, okay. So the, the, yeah, now it's all cloudy again. Oh, I'm, hey, I'm going to run there the campaign, the Winfrey Weinstein 2020 presidential race. And what's the tagline? Double your W in 2020. Yeah. Winfrey Weinstein. So, yeah, that that's funny. Uh, I was going to post that meme today, but I'll wait till tomorrow. <laughs> For everything to settle down. Well, no, I think it's it's interesting that the this is the time they choose to talk about that stuff during an award ceremony. Mm-hmm. Even though I guess there's not a collector a collection of these folks without an award ceremony, like they, you can't get them collectively in the room to talk about something because they don't have like union meetings, do they? Well, uh, the the back back door dealings, I'm sure, because we huge. really care about what Reese Witherspoon thinks about this this kind of topic, right? Uh, no, they could They could not have, how can I phrase this? They could not have picked a better Lifetime Achievement recipient this year than Oprah Winfrey well, if they I bet tried. Hollywood's just happy that they don't have to do this whole song and dance at the Oscars. Because I bet they're going to feel like, oh, we kind of said it all during the Golden Globes, so now we, we can focus on ourselves now with the Oscars. I, I the, the Golden Globes were used as a litmus test. Yeah. And here's the thing: they, they they shot the overload. Now it's yeah, it's, it's like they it's can't do it again. Premature. Yeah. They should have saved her for the uh, for the big one. But hey, I, I just I know we we're talking about the Golden Globes. So really quick, I got some good news. Courtney Rowland, the uh, the football reporter that's been missing all weekend long, she kind of disappeared yeah. from the heights. They found her in the Galleria area. Details are sketchy, but apparently she's okay. And uh, you know we'll try to give you updates. But that's local news that hit the national level. She was a uh, um, an A&M re- reporter. Uh, in fact, I think she reported for their rivals, but about A&M, uh, gave a funky text in the Heights over the weekend. What was the text? Uh, her saying, someone's following me. And then she disappeared. They found her car with purse and phone and everything inside. So there was a lot of nervousness about that, but apparently she's been found in, I, I know, uh, you can't see it on the- uh, Oh, there's not any other details. Where did they find her? In the Galleria area, Houston Galleria. Like this found her in the corner. Of like uh, she's a been found and in good help. It's just happened. The the reports are just coming in, but uh, so we can follow it up. But she is, she has been found and alive. I'll, I'll put it like that. That's that's all I know. 
Something smells. Something smells. Something smells. But yeah, you are listening besides smelling uh, Maureen's a Lone Star. <laughs> Here at IRLoneStar.com, we're going to take a, a music break when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about Golden Gloves. I wanted to ask you some of the performances and things like that. Mm-hmm. And just to give everyone a heads up, uh, we did a Golden Globes contest on the ticket sub. So finally, who won? We did a ballot for TV and for film. So it's gonna be funny. We get we have a statue that <gasps> the, the, they get the dude. Aww. And so uh, it's a big deal on Thursday with the ticket stuff. But uh, we got a full lineup today. We're here till eleven o'clock. You are listening to mornings with Lone Star, brought to you by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee and Centurion Wealth Advisors, all local companies here in Montgomery County supporting this community radio station. And uh, if you want to support a local business and also support a business that does a good job, two for right there, the people who sponsor this show. It is 927. We'll be right back here on Mornings of Lone Star. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002 offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving our clients' wealth while guiding them to achieve their financial goals. This is where your concerns get addressed and help you start to breathe easier. Discover us in downtown Conroe, Texas. Visit our website at centurionwa.net or reach us by phone at 936-756-1974. Centurion Wealth Advisors, now let's get your financial house in order. It's a party party here at Lone right, Star Radio. This is 938 right. with Dick and Skippy. Sponsored by Dick. Who's the first sponsor? Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, Conroe Coffee, and Centurion Wealth Advisors. More information about those great sponsors, visit IRLoneStar.com slash MWLS. That's them. That's, that's us. That's us and them. And everyone. Hey everybody, we're all Say one big it's happy your family. birthday. Yeah, that's right. It's still Skippy's sister's birthday today. We're celebrating. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Yeah. You know, we didn't have this kind of celebration when it was my birthday, but then again, I haven't had a birthday on this air on the air here yet. So, you know, I don't care about your birthday, by the way. Uh, You will. I know I will. You will. So you know, I smelt the Mad Pooper story being 
one of the biggest stories in 2017, and it would carry over. You did sniff that out. I did. So just to update everybody, it now, left a stain on your brain. Now there's a copycat. There's a copycat for the mad pooper. For the mad pooper. You must go into details, my young friend. Okay, in Arkansas, a woman is locked out of her car, caught jogging on a surveillance video last week, and she started defecating in the person's driveway. Why? Because she's the mad pooper copycat. <laughs> it's an epidemic. Well, uh, and I sent you this video. We didn't post it. So this is like, I, I know this is a very, I mean, gross <laughs> and vile subject, but what I love is the reporting of it. So like, for example, they quote, like, this is a full on article through Fox News about a copycat of the mad pooper. I kid you not. And remind uh, people who the mad pooper is. So just in case if you new. didn't know the mad pooper, uh, the small town, I believe it was in Colorado, this woman who was mentally unstable, now we find out she's mentally unstable. And I think she even said something about Donald Trump. That's the reason she was doing it. But she uh, was caught f- several times. Uh, actually, she wasn't caught. She was filmed several times running through a neighbor as a jogger. And then all of a sudden she would decide to uh, do her business. And it was enough to where people were with their families like either getting in the car or like, you know, playing out front yard. And it was enough to where parents were filming it because they're like, what is this woman doing? Oh my gosh, I can't believe this woman's doing this. Let's film it. And so they had several, I mean, like several counts of this. So she got dubbed the mad pooper and they couldn't find her. They could, I, I still, actually, I don't even think they have found the real mad pooper yet. But uh, I, I laughed because of the reporting. And like, imagine being a, bona fide journalists here and trying to figure out how to report this. So in this one... This hey, is kid, we're putting you on the pooper story. You got 24 hours to come up with a headline. Well, it's no, it, well, it was the interview. So I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm this... I'm Travis Fredshoon from Fox News saying, Tiffany, tell me about what happened. And Tiffany said she was, she was heading out for breakfast on December 30th <laughs> when she was shocked to find something outside of her vehicle. What was it? What did she find? I came around to get into the passenger side of the vehicle. I know it's a huge pile. A feces. And that's like the report. I'm like, okay, there we go. And, and who's the reporter? What's his name or her name? Uh, the, the reporter is Travis Fetchen. Travis, we're sorry. On behalf of Lone Star, uh, it's just we like, apologize that you must be stuck. a slow news day. Yeah. But uh, what I love is uh, she even went, went ahead and there was the surveillance camera. Uh, so she went inside the resident and said, hey, can I see the camera to see if it was a dog or who did it? And it was a person. Oh, my goodness. And so this this copycat has not been found either, right? Oh man, this story's getting real, right? Yeah. Are, are, are you that. reading the third paragraph I'm reading, now? I'm reading, reading more and more and more. Well, has this person been caught? No. Dick, what are the odds that it could be the original she, Matt Pooper who's moved she states? Went, she went along her business, but on Wednesday she was shocked to find as she reached for the handle of her car door, she grabbed on a very soiled piece of a paper towel tucked into the handle so she, the woman apparently is coming back so <laughs> okay this could be like the original man pooper who's moving states and upping her game there could be that or this woman needs to if she's married she needs to be talking to her husband about you got a girlfriend i don't know about him maybe a little mad <laughs> and how do we know it's a mad pooper maybe she's just a disgruntled pooper yeah a perplexed pooper a non-plus pooper i love it I just, I think, I just want to be a journalist just for those stories. Like, only the Mad Pooper stories for me. Chief, you got to put me on the Mad Pooper case. You I'll gotta, get you a story. Give, get, give me 48 hours. You got 24. I'll even catch her.
or him or it, whatever she identifies them. as. And then, you know, like some of those movies turn out, it's a huge conspiracy, like a global conspiracy. And you have no idea who you're dealing with, do you? You know, one of well, those you, things. You know, one of the local city councilmen is like, can we just put in public bathrooms and see if that kind of solves the issue? Instead of porta potties every yeah. every 300 yards. Can you imagine little little signs on the post like, "Please don't do this." There's a there's a porta potty on this street. <laughs> please don't. Please, please leash yourself. Please don't. Please leash your. You know, uh, speaking of people defecating everywhere, did you read <laughs> that uh, Houston, uh, city of Houston, and Mayor Turner and all of them finally found a solution to help their tent city? What are they going to do? Fifty nine. So they've been fighting. If, if anyone's really know knew this, but apparently there was a huge. A homeless issue over there on 59 Richmond area mm-hmm. where uh, basically TxDOT owned uh, the land because that's where the highways were. And the city of Houston had no jurisdiction over what goes on underneath the bridges. So that was the argument. And then for a long time, the residents around there basically had to stick with, I mean, 60 to 100 plus homeless people hanging out. So they call it, I think they dubbed it like Turner's Tent City or something like that. Okay. And then finally, uh, enough residents got together through the law, and they got a judge to declare it a health hazard because of the conditions of the area. Mm-hmm. Because they were finding needles, feces, all sorts of really bad stuff. If, I think about a year ago, they had this, uh, I think they called it Cush. Mm-hmm. They had a Cush epidemic there where people were dying or being hospitalized in the in the park, and they're like, there was always cops there, and it was just a constant commotion over there. And so finally, uh, the only reason I know this is because, sadly, my fiance lived near that area, and she was, I kid you not, if you've ever been in a situation where you lived, you don't want to turn left, but you can turn right. That was the life she was living, depending on the time of the day. She's like, I'm not going left. I'm not doing that. And uh, so they, they finally passed this law. The judge passed it. So now they're waiting for how they're enforcing everything. So there might be a citation. It might be like, I don't think it's full out, like, riot gear. Let's get everybody out. I don't think anyone wants to do that. But uh, they finally now have a platform to start with to fix the issue over there. So maybe someone will actually buy that Sears, like one of the oldest Sears in Yeah, Houston. the Sears and, and, and turn into, yeah, you know, they could have done, done that with no, the Astrodome. No one's, no one's touched it for, what, eight years, I 10 know. years, because of the, mainly, mainly because of this issue. It's mm-hmm. all right there. People would hang out underneath. Uh, they had an awning or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, no easy answers to that, are there, Dick? Because, I mean, we'd like to say, well, you know, if you just kick homeless people out of one area, they'd just go to another. It doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that, that's a big one, especially with Houston, because Houston not only is it large, but it's sprawling. You've seen those those maps where they overlay the the Houston city map over like Rhode Island or something, you just see how huge Houston is that some resources I believe should, should be made available uh, for these people. I'm not saying free handout to everyone. You know, I'm not, I'm not a fan well, of the, I mean, the guy on the squeegee One of corner. the major concerns I imagine is just the residents in the area because that area is becoming more and more populated with families and people. Right. And it's the Montrose area, essentially. And mm-hmm. I don't know if any, the, Montrose has a huge history in Houston. So and Montrose just, and Museum, yeah, that whole area, because uh, I was at University of St. Thomas, so that used to be my hood. And there's a lot of urban sprawl going on right there. Yeah. It, it's grown out. You know, I remember Montrose was this cute little, you know, gem area. Uh, with a lot of wine bars, but now it's become a huge, it's like the Montrose and it's the Richmond. Uh, when, and when you put the in front of something, you know you mean business. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So. Well, it's interesting to find out because I'd like to see, because uh, Turner, 
does have um, apparently, you know, uh, how can, how can I phrase this? Uh, homeless has has a has, is close to his heart. You know, he wants to try to do something about it. I, that's what I'm getting. Um, but there are no easy answers. So let him find some wisdom and a city council willing to work with him. Just don't bring him up here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm joking. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Back to the Golden Globes. Nah, enough you know, Golden Globes. You know, yeah, actually, no. I do want to talk about the Golden Globes. We're going to take a quick sponsor break. Okay. Say thanks to our uh, very great sponsors. They're great. And, They're great. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, I want to ask, you know, do you feel that there are not that many female directors given the opportunity? Because one thing that confused me about the lineup, and this is where it gets political, I suppose, is if you look at the ballots, Lady Bird was nominated for several categories like actors, uh, supporting actors, mm-hmm. and actresses, and actor, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think even screenwriting, but it wasn't nominated for Best Director mm-hmm. or Best Picture. So I felt like that was kind of interesting because there's even in the Golden Globes, they, they double the chances because you can argue it's a drama or you can argue it's a comedy because anything can be a comedy. Right. So, uh, but so when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more, more about good. that. If you got an opinion about it, share it with us. 936-647-3776. That's 936-647-3776. That is the call-in message line or Facebook us. Morning's Lens Star. We'll be right back to hear a quick sponsored segments from our sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving our clients' wealth while guiding them to achieve their financial goals. This is where your concerns get addressed and help you start to breathe easier. Discover us in downtown Conroe, Texas. Visit our website at centurionwa.net or reach us by phone at 936-756-1974. Centurion Wealth Advisors, now let's get your financial house in order. And we're back. Morning's Lone Star. Special thanks to the sponsors. And I'm 50 right now. You are listening to Morning's Lone Star. We're here till 11 o'clock. And then we got our full talk show lineup here. Uh, just to give you a heads up, if you're a huge fan of Nerd Thug Radio and you listen to them live on Lone Star Community Radio, we split, or they split, or we split, everyone split their two, uh, times into two. So they're on Mondays and Fridays at 2 p.m. So no longer one to three. They're two to, two to three on Mondays and Fridays. 
Awesome. So double spread, your fun. Yeah, spreading out the nerd thug love. Nerd thug life. Boom boom. I just made that up. That was stupid. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome back. We were talking about the Golden Globes, and I think we can kind of tie it off in this question because I think the biggest subtle question besides the whole harassment speak, which I think is going to be kept, I mean, that's just going to keep going. Oh, yeah. But Natalie Portman decided she was going to make a dig at the lack of female directors when she was doing the presentation for the award, which we kind of talked about earlier in the show that was a little off-putting for given the circumstances of handing an award to a man uh, who just think i thought he, had, he said he even said in his acceptance speech hey i've been waiting 25 years for this let me keep talking that's what he said but, yeah. yeah so clearly he cared yeah and uh, so i think that's a knock against natalie portman on that situation mm -hmm. i think it's a conversation to be held but not right before we give an award to somebody for their achievement yeah it kind of uh, reminds me of the kanye west uh taylor swift oh yeah i'm gonna can you imagine natalie portman hey uh, i'm gonna let you get your uh, golden globe award but first i gotta say women best directors peace okay so but the argument there in this sake and this is one thing i feel like should be answered by the foreign press mm -hmm. because probably the biggest complaint with that idea of the lack of women directors which first you ask well were there any good movies directed by women right and so I think the public will probably say, "Oh, Wonder Woman," but Wonder Woman wasn't nominated for squat for in this in this in these categories. But there was one movie that was nominated and won several important awards, and wasn't even nominated for best director. Which to me, I feel like if a movie wins, an actress wins an award for that movie, and even if if even if the biggest tell is it won best motion picture in the category and wasn't even nominated, the director wasn't even nominated. That's kind of screwbally. In my opinion. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, now, it also gets down to you only have so many nominations per, you know, because the, 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 the foreign press, they're well, the ones that put it together. And so this person may have come in, you know, only your top three are nominated, and this director could have been like 0.2%. Well, given, yes. But what, probably the thing that goes against the Golden Globes is for some reason they have two categories for most of their act, like best actress in a musical or comedy, best actress in a drama. Mm -hmm. They have two separate categories, but for best director, they don't. It's basically poof, everyone's right. combined. So to give you an idea, the movie Lady Bird, this is Lady Bird uh, directed first, actually, I think it was a directorial debut. It's uh, Gerda something. She's an actress in a couple of movies you've probably seen. I've yeah, Gerda something. You know that one. Yeah, Gerda. Uh, I know Gerda. To give you an idea of like how the odds were stacked against her, for and it surprises me that she didn't win. So Lady Bird won Best Motion Picture for Musical or Comedy. So it won that category. It won it. And then it also won in the Best Actress in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. And then it also was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a motion picture. And then I believe it was also nominated for best screenplay. And yeah. And so, but then it wasn't, it had nothing to do with directors. They didn't, they didn't want to do it. Do you think that was kind of weird at all? It, you're giving, it, me, you're it giving me dead air, man. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, I was looking up Gerda on IMDb. <laughs> oh, she's a young, I mean, she's, she's oh, yeah, been in yeah. a bunch of independent movies. And, uh, oh, 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 and that's the thing. The film may be good. You know, the director does lead the film. And it's and same thing in theater, too. And also in, like, well, a lot of theatrical awards, you get the same issue. You have well, musicals versus... Well, let's film. look at the best director list. Uh -huh. We have Gamero del Toro, uh -huh. Shape of Water. 
Martin McNoe with three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, mm-hmm. which apparently won a lot of awards too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Dunkirk, which was Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. And then we have Steven Spielberg with The Post. And then the biggest surprise is Ridley Scott with All the Money in the World. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that one right there is the one that you're like, why is that there? Because he had two weeks to completely <laughs> refilm some stuff. This, so that showed director. Well, here's the thing. All those men, with the exception of who's the second name you, you mentioned? Uh, Martin McDough. Yeah. McDonough. McDonough. What's he done before? I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not. I, I think it's more of like you just look at the pattern. Well, here's the thing. They're all men, but they're also established. He did in Bruges. Bruges. Uh-huh. Uh, he did Seven Psychopaths. Okay, thank you. I knew I knew the name, but I just, before I, I now I can continue this thought. All of these directors have two things in common. One, yeah, they're all men, but two, they're all established directors. They got their they cut their teeth. They 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 got it down. Uh, just like those people Gerda, who were running for president in 20, 2020. <laughs> right, but Gerda could have put on a good show. But if it's her first time directing, maybe her directing style wasn't there. It could be. You know, sometimes the director brings out the best in actors, and sometimes the actors bring out when the best. When you win Best Picture, mm-hmm. when your movie wins Best Picture, and then it's nominated for Best Screenplay, and then it's also won a Best Actress Award, I feel like the director had something to do with it. Oh, they did, but if you notice, there have been many times in, like, the Oscars where Best Picture and Best Director aren't the same. No, I agree. But and it's more of, like, all the money in the war, world didn't get nominated. I don't think it was nominated for anything else. Besides Christopher Plummer, I think that was it. Well, yeah, and and here's the thing: it's this is a ballot process where uh, I believe Gerda probably got like point zero two percent less than the other number three, or else she would have gotten it. It, it, it it's funny, you know, we were talking uh, last week about the the Broadway World Awards that you know we're going around the local theater thing, yeah, and the results are in and. I literally am one of those guys. It was great to be nominated. You know, uh, two shows that I directed had a total of 27 nominations. We didn't win any. But one thing to be noticed from this, and, and this is by no means a complaint whatsoever, but you would you could see that a lot of the shows that did win were at the same theater. So different shows at the same theater. And the theater is, you, you know. Well, it's a public vote, first of all. That's what so. I'm saying. So basically it's who had the biggest database, which theater had the well, biggest Well, I think that's also it. the argument you ask is, you know, based off the award, like you didn't win. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like you should have won? I was in some great company. And just literally to be nominated in, in this award, uh, especially 27 times between me and my cast and my crews, because as director of those two shows, you know, you do kind of lead it. So that, yeah, but that people felt I was in that category, I'm happy about. But well, that I also know it is a popularity contest, and this one theater had a bigger database than other theaters, and won some awards, some deservedly, some because they just say, "Hey, go go here and, and note for any uh, vote for anything with this theater name," which is what happened because they they got best well, comedy, best drama, best this, best that. Well, yeah, because if you're sitting on the ballot and you see the theater name next to all, you're like, yeah, I like that one, that one, that one. I didn't see any of those other ones. But so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, we go into a competition like that, I, I feel like I wouldn't even try to put any emotional effort into it of caring about it. Well, I, you know, like, I put out know, the obligatory Facebook thing. Hey, guys, vote for me and ours. Here's ours. And but if I'd won, it would have been. We should have got Trump to tweet it. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, the theater that won all these awards. I, I can guarantee you not everyone who voted went to all of those shows. And much like a lot of the votes that I got, people didn't actually see the shows, but they like me or they know my style. So having one, even part of me would go, well, you know, I just happen to get the most votes out of anyone because I know how many people actually came to see those shows. 
So I don't mind not winning. And a lot of people don't. I tickled pink that we got nominated. So how does the Golden Globes get put together? That's the foreign press, foreign right? Press, so that's uh-huh. everybody that's outside the United States. Correct. But they hold, they host it in L.A. Right. And, and here's the thing is that there are a lot of European female directors. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So to say, well, they're all men. Don't, don't look at us. This is not an American thing. And, of course, they're trying to welcome to Trump's America or whatever. No, this is not a, an American thing at all. They, they didn't do the ballot. Well, I, well, that's one thing that bothers me about the, this award and the Academy Awards was the people who vote on it are themselves mm-hmm. in the Academy Awards And you also situation. have to put yourself up for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like why would we as the public feel say something like, oh, a woman deserves the award when we're not even in control? Like we have zero input of this award. Again, the wrong arguments being fought. And I, I've always felt the same way. You have these Oscar winners who oh, I'm not going to accept my Oscar. You put your name up for it. You knew you were, you know, because uh, uh, one thing I really respect, you know, the actor John Larroquette, you've seen him. He's a, uh, the second you see a picture, he's in Night Court, West Wing. Oh, he was in Second Sight. Yeah. You know, yeah. very, very tall guy. I mean, that movie's. When Night Court was on, he won Emmy after Emmy for, for Best Actor, Best Sporting Actor. And finally, after like three or four years, he took his name out of the nominations. Like, I appreciate it. I have enough. You know, it was like an automatic thing. You can take your name off. <laughs> Well, is that the same thing for uh, Marlon Brando when he did that little political stunt? Yeah, sending the 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 non uh, little feather whatever what yeah. the name was. Well, that's the thing. It's he, so he put his name on. Yeah, you, you literally have to put your name. You can't have like well, my have wife to did. To, yeah, well, you have to agree to it. I think at the very least. Okay. Um, but that's the thing. It's like, oh, it's such a shock. I didn't know I'd be nominated. Bull, you put your name there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, when I discovered that about the Oscars, I, that's why I've kind of said, to, I, like, I've realized I don't really care about this kind it's of It's all self-congratulation. And, you know, it's, it's a spectacle. That's the whole thing. We wonder who's wearing what on the red carpet or who's going to say what. Do you think I, that's ever going to go away, especially no, with this, like, Harvey Weinstein uh, kind of No, we, we need that. The have-nots love to see that what the haves have and also to make sure that the haves have problems. That's why when the recession was happening back in the 70s, that's why Dallas and Dynasty were the two top shows because your average American who was like waiting in a gas line and, and very broke yeah. wanted to see the Carringtons and the Ewings hurt. It's like, okay, rich people have problems too. And so when I say haves and have nots, I'm not making a judgment. It's I don't have a limousine and I, you know, my odds of going to the Golden Globes are pretty, I'm a have not. So it'd be cool to see what they come up with. I, did you see what Deborah Messing did? I'm not a fan of her. She's Grace from Will and Grace. Okay. She uh, was being uh, interviewed by a female on the red carpet about, you know, like, why That's are why you, they do TV, too. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you wearing black? And um, Deborah Messing goes off on this female reporter about, well, about, about the, the wage disparity between that NBC paid their female reporters and anchors over males and just rips this gal a new one. <laughs> and uh, I, I like that. I like so I'm not a Deborah Messing fan. But I like on the well, I feel sorry for uh, the the reporter who's just literally trying to do her job, saying or his job, saying, "Hey, your uh, your dress looks nice. Who made it?" And like, you know, why I'm wearing that. That's what I'm saying. Everything's got to be. So, why do you feel about this? They're trying to do something new. Now, this report just came in. I mean, it just popped up on okay. my phone. NBC is blaming a quote third party about the vote Oprah for president tweet, and they've deleted it. Is they're saying, "Oh, it wasn't us. It was a." Third party. 
Okay, so they let other people touch their Twitter? Apparently so. It'll be interesting. I just love how NBC keeps on going, we don't even know these people. You know, Matt, Matt Lauer, we didn't even know about this. Yeah. So We never knew. I am shocked, shocked to find there is gambling going on in this establishment. That's pretty funny. I want to I talk more about that, too. But it's, it's well, good. Let's play some music. Yeah, we got to play some music, though. You are listening to Morning's Alone Star here on IRLoneStar.com. I hope you guys are enjoying your Monday morning. It's 10.02. We're uh, going to take a song break. When we come back, we'll talk more about what's going, what happened this weekend, all that good stuff. I know uh, hopefully everyone had a safe one and exciting week this week, too, coming up. So uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Morning's Alone Star. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving our clients' wealth while guiding them to achieve their financial goals. This is where your concerns get addressed and help you start to breathe easier. Discover us in downtown Conroe, Texas. Visit our website at centurionwa.net or reach us by phone at 936-756-1974. Centurion Wealth Advisors, now let's get your financial house in order. You're back. It's 1013 of the morning. We are jamming. It's a birthday today for Skippy's sister up in Dallas. Happy birthday, sister. And that's sister with an ah, not an er, like gangsta. Welcome to Morning's Lone Star, where we wish specific people happy birthdays. If you want us to wish somebody a happy birthday, let us know on Facebook, MW Lone Star. Or call in, leave a message, a nice message, please. 936-647-3776. 936-647-3776. That is a call-in message line, so wait for the beat. Don't just hang up. Nick, when's your birthday? Never. Never? We got to celebrate it, man. It's June 5th. June 5th, okay, and you I'm know, in it, July. I got in trouble this weekend because of birthdays. Uh, so, by chance, Holly's birthday lands on my brother's or my grandfather's, and I always get them mixed up. Because they're four days apart. Okay. I just know it's in the first week of August. So when she's like, and I said like, oh, your birthday on the 5th. She's like, no, <laughs> it's on the 1st. I can't believe you forget my birthday. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? You got to cut me some slack. Like two of the most important people <laughs> in my life are born right in the same spectrum of you on the 1st and the 5th. 
and uh, and, and then oh yeah, I, I remember uh, all my wives, their birthdays, our wedding anniversaries. Believe me, you you, you can't forget this. Well, it's, it's more of like I blame it on the dyslexia. Was that, was that, there you go. Okay to, okay yeah, because I know it's either the first or the fifth every time. I know it's like it's one of those days. Go with it. Is that why you keep on saying Tesla instead of Tesla? You're trying to convince people you're dyslexic. Well, I know I'm diagnosed with dyslexia. There you go. Run with that. But uh, listeners, I want you to know that that's not the least of Dick's problems right now. Apparently a contract has been taken out on his life because he dared to tell some Harry Potter fans over the weekend that the Harry Potter movies, and I quote, sucked. So apparently a contract has been placed on Dick's life. What I love about the argument with that, like I didn't just like randomly hang out with a bunch of Harry Potter fans. Like, you know what? Harry Potter sucks. It wasn't like that. It was more of uh, the conversation came up with... Fellowship of the Ring came out the same year as The Sorcerer's Stone, which is the first of the Lord of the Rings and the first of the Harry Potter series. And someone basically said, why doesn't it look as good? Harry Potter does not look as good as the Lord of the Rings today. It didn't help that there are kids in there. And, you know. Well, at least talking about special effects and just like. Yeah, but it's just kind of weird. Because in the, in the spectrum of movies, when you watch them, you don't really think of Lord of the Rings being the same year as Harry Potter. Correct. Well, it's like uh, Star Wars and Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah, first, yeah, 1980, uh, 1978, uh-huh. right? Yeah, 77. 77. Uh, or Black Hole and Star Trek motion picture. I don't know what Black Hole is. Disney movie, Disney's first PG movie. You never saw the Black Hole? Oh, you got to watch the Black Hole. But no, in regards of the Harry Potter, and I was like, every time you have a conversation with a Harry Potter enthusiast, they're like, oh, it's a great, it's like, yeah, you really think the Sorcerer's Stone... And there was a, I don't know what the second one was called. What was the second one? Like those movies were uh, so bad. Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, uh, that's it. That was, that was like the first two were mm-hmm. just bad. They were just bad movies. And mainly because they're directing kids. They should have gotten, they should have resurrected John Hughes. And uh, he, he would have done a great job because he can film kids like a nothing. Right. And, uh, and. Good for, point. And I, I mean, like, and that's an argument. Like you can make that argument. Like, look how he directed all those kids movies. And he did like, I mean, Dennis Menace is a well-made kids movie in acting. Like the kids are very believable, even though I'm watching kids, mm-hmm. but Harry Potter. Not well, so here's much. the thing. Can you imagine if Spielberg had directed the early Potter movies, at least the first one? Think about it, because Spielberg did he's, Goonies. He's good. he's good with kids, too. He I mean, Goonies, I, I feel did. like when they filmed the first two movies, what they did is the kids were so nervous, they, they did a spotlight to their face real quick to get them distracted. And so every time they're on on screen, they're like, they have these big eyes. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. They kind of like, they look left to the right all the time. Like, oh, man, I'm on a set. And like, they're like oh, yeah, I was supposed to say a line. <laughs> I feel like that. And there you go. <laughs> but uh yeah carrying over you know, that reminds me what, what does it remind i you watched of? uh beauty and the beast the remake no the live action the remake live action Hermione. remake yeah and it was horrible i took uh skippy took his daughter there uh to, to the sing-along version there there's a special showing of the cinema where i bet they were disappointed because they only had like two songs that felt i felt like there was only two to three songs from the original no, no, they the, added two new ones they, brand new ones. they added a couple but they also they, they kept a good portion of the uh the stage version because remember, this is more based on the stage version than the movie, than the original cartoon. Are you sure? Yeah, I've seen I mean, both. They, I, I mean, they're, they're pretty much the same, but they added stuff for the stage version that is in the movie that wasn't in the original cartoon. Oh, well, I didn't know that. So I was really, like, when they started singing other songs, I was like, what? what? Does like, I looked at Holly and I go, I feel like I've seen this movie yeah, before. Yeah, they gave Maurice a song, the, the dad. They gave him a song about growing up and, uh, uh, Human again, which they actually filmed for the cartoon, but they cut because they wanted to point out that the uh, the the 
the the creatures, you know, the the candlestick and and clock were getting progressively more non-human. They were becoming more of uh, what they, you know, the, the broomstick and stuff. So those are the ones that they added in. So if you saw the stage version musical, then you, you knew the songs. But yeah, it was great for the kids. It was great for what it was. Problem is when you have someone who starts off as a child actress, like Emma, uh, what's her name, Emma Watson, who played yes, Hermione. Yes. Or Drew Barrymore. My first exposure to them, you know, she's little Hermione in the Harry Potter yeah. movie. And Drew Barrymore is the girl in E.T., so when they grow up and they become women, I personally can't. I couldn't handle that. I, I, I'm flashing back to thinking, oh "My God, I'm a dirty old well, man." Well, I, I remember we finally made it to the end of the Beauty and the Beast movie, and when the Beast became spoiler alert a man, I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Wait a second, this dude looks like 20 years older than this girl." Mm-hmm. And it was I was I was laughing because I was like, "How is this not bothering anyone else? <laughs> How is this not creepy?" And oh, then, it's a Weinstein production. And then, and then Ewan McGregor was in it, and I didn't even know that. Uh-huh. He was the candlestick guy. Yeah, he, I didn't even know that. I was like, I, I was like, who are these people? I don't even know what's going on. Oh, do, do you know who played him in the original movie? The the, the no, I don't. Here? Jerry Orbach. Okay. From he was the uh, gravelly voiced uh, Law and Order guy who would always uh, do the wisecrack. Really? Yeah. He he got to start on Broadway. In fact, uh, the longest running a musical on Broadway in like history is called The Fantastics, and Orbach actually was one of the founding members of the. But, but he, no, he the, the the voice actors they chose for that movie was so poor. Well, they got Emma Thompson, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, but I didn't even know that was Emma. Like it, the mm-hmm. way the accent and everything was, it wasn't because they they did it right in the cartoon version. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, that woman from Murder She Wrote, like she has a very Angel she Lansbury. has a very soft voice. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the woman who played uh, the grandmother in Dennis the Menace. I forget her name. I think she's an English actress. I want to look it up real quick. You probably know who I'm talking about. She has, she has that soft grandma voice, and mm-hmm. then she also can sing a nice lullaby. And that's why I felt like Mama well, Potts. Well, that's because the movie, the the cartoon, the original, took a lot of Broadway voice actors. Orbach, Lansbury, uh, even David Ogden Steers, who was Charles Winchester in MASH. He was the clock. He was Cogsworth. Joan Plowright. Mm-hmm. Joan Plowright. And the fact that Robbie Benson played the Beast without any electronic manipulation of his voice. And this is Robbie Benson. And he's, uh, bells, don't leave me, Bell. Yeah, he did good. Yeah, he did, did awesome. No, actually, that's why I laughed, is when they try to do the scenes from the cartoon in the, this, you can tell they're trying to do shot for shot. Uh-huh. I was like, that just felt flat. Like, I just, that just didn't get you to the, where, like, where he screams and, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, chose his teeth. You know, when he starts to smile and stuff, it's like, it's just not the same. If, you know what? I wish they kept it practical, meaning the Beast, if you saw the the live action version, it's, uh, he's CGI all the way. He's a CGI as the Green Lantern's costume. And I wouldn't have minded it being practical. You know, they, they, they glue it on him. Uh, speaking of which, a little segue, you know, uh, just a few months ago over at the Owen Theater, they did uh, the live version of Beauty and the Beast. It was, it was pretty darn good. Good talent on that one. And all, all your Probably better than this stupid movie they made. Right? Because we weren't looking, oh, look, it's Emma Watson all grown up. Oh, I need a shower and icky. No, it wasn't that. It was just more of a, it didn't, I couldn't get immersed in the world, especially with the, the, the staging of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she, like the opening scene when she's reading the book and, you know, ignoring everybody. Yeah, and love that. that kind of stuff. Love that. That's my favorite part of the whole movie. But yeah, the, the cartoon. Uh, yeah, but like in this one, I was like, I feel like she's just rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, good point. I, I, I'm just saying the way they shot it and everything. I was like, man, she's just inconsiderate of everyone around her, and she's just like, you know, I you think you're better than everyone I, else, I, don't I can, you, Bill? I can totally see that because in the cartoon, if I remember correctly, she's just so immersed in the book 
that she doesn't know what's going on because she's reading. Like, she's a reader, which mm-hmm. is great. But in this movie, it felt like she was like, you know, get out of my way. But I was hoping that the movie would answer, like, the biggest plot hole in existence, and they didn't still. And I've always, this has always bothered me about Beauty and the Beast. Because, you know, you got that original, you know, the story at the beginning where it tells about the Enchantress mm-hmm. popping in. And because, because the prince had no love in his heart, she not only screws him over and turning him into a beast, but also everybody in the castle. Yeah. Okay. And there's a song where Lumiere says things, for 10 years we've been doing this. Okay, so this has been going on for 10 years. Okay. And it says that on the beast's 21st birthday, the last petal will fall and it'll all be permanent. Which means the kid is 11 years old when this enchanter screws him. Of course he's got no love in his heart. He's 11 years old. I think that was a translation issue. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, I could totally see that because in the movie, that's one thing I was confused about is the magic. And this is the live action movie. You can correct me. Like, the magic somehow made everyone forget that there was a castle there mm-hmm. because half the townspeople were missing their husbands and wives and they added that for the, this movie. Now, why why would they choose to do that? Because they're they're trying to, to wrap up the, how can you have a castle filled with people and no one knows that this castle's there? He's a prince. You should know, hey, didn't we have a prince once upon a time, 10 years ago? Wasn't there this little boy? Where's his parents? So there was, yeah, where are the parents? Well, that's the whole point. Is you have a little kid on his own, 11 years old, and it's not like, well, the uh, he hasn't, you know, he was 21 years old and it's been 10 years. No, they said for his 21st birthday. The last rose petal will fall. So that means for 10 years they've been doing this, and it's 21st birthday. He's 11, the kid's 11 years old when this mean old girl, poopy head of an enchanter is like, can't let me in. No, you can't. I can't. The kid probably says, I can't let strangers inside the house. Mommy and daddy. And so she turns him into this Disney, beast. You're sending me mixed messages on how I should raise my kids. That's here. right, Disney. You you messed up this you're, time. You're messing with me now. You, 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 you're done bad on this you're one. messing with me. You're listening to Morning's Lone Star. We're take a quick break. Thanks for joining us right now. It's 1025. Uh, We're going to take a quick sponsor break, but then we'll return. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good to me, too. We'll be right back. Maureen's Lone Star. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe, at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. 
Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving our clients' wealth while guiding them to achieve their financial goals. This is where your concerns get addressed and help you start to breathe easier. Discover us in downtown Conroe, Texas. Visit our website at centurionwa.net or reach us by phone at 936-756-1974. Centurion Wealth Advisors, now let's get your financial house in order. It's still birthday time on Monday morning, January the 8th. It's 1027. I think we'll have a quickie and then we'll uh, play some music. Yeah. We've been uh, talking about how uh, bad Beauty and the Beast was as well as how bad the Harry Potter movies were. And that's all Dick. So Are they remaking any other? Yeah. Uh, uh, Lion King. They're doing live action Lion Ugh. King. Well, here's the thing. I say live action. It's going to have more computer graphics than Tron. <laughs> the original Tron. Well, why are they remaking a live version? Money. Because the kids aren't watching the old cartoons. There's not any humans in that movie, are there? I don't think there's any humans. No. It's literally all going to be... Correct. Unless they have some kind of poacher. They probably had some kind of poacher subplot to make, you know, poachers evil. Um, But yeah, they're doing it because kids don't watch cartoons anymore. And so there's a whole revenue stream that's just not happening. Oh, that's true. I don't know about that. There's still cartoons out there. I mean, look at Japan. Yeah, Rick and Morty. They make, like, anime all the time over there in Japan. Oh, that's anime. Okay, there's cartoons and there's anime. I mean, there's literally a whole like service that you subscribe to about watching cartoons. Right, yeah, but cartoons and anime, that's like uh, uh, comics and graphic novels. They yeah, are okay. two different animals. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, trust me, I was walk up to someone reading an anime going, hey, that's a cute little comic book you're reading. You may as well go up to a big burly Scotsman and say, hey, nice well, skirt. You mean, like, <laughs> Paw Patrol or something like that? Is that what you're talking about? Like, that's the new cartoon? style it's computer generated mm-hmm. that's like the new yeah everything on like D- the disney channel it, it's as you can tell it's it's so so computer generated oh man that's sad that's it's what it is but there's still uh, there's still a uh, you think they're gonna get whoopee because whoopee was really good in like oh the hyena yeah I, I doubt it because they didn't have a single original voice for the beauty and the beast Oof, that's a they should have gotten angela lansbury to reprise mrs potts oh and well, well uh, the other part about the well, uh, I, well, my last comment on that mm-hmm. though is the when they went through the credits, mm-hmm. I was surprised those were the actresses and actresses of voice talent. Right, like I didn't even recognize them, mm-hmm. and I was like listening to them. I was like, why would they even pay them if like <laughs> they were you know like I didn't really. Get yeah, it. They were hoping for the the social media, you know, here tag us, Ewan McGregor. Or Emma Thompson. Well, especially with the beast. That was one then that, that flew over my head. Because I had no idea who that guy was. So when that big reveal happened, I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. you know what I'm about? I was like, I don't know who that is. Because they had they had this whole cool scene at the end where everyone's turning into humans. And I was like, okay, finally we get to see who the voice actors were and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, don't know who that is. Don't know who that is. Is that who's that? I don't even know who that That's is. That's Obi-Wan. Okay. And I'm like, no, I didn't know that until the credit credit. Oh, okay. Even in the movie when he's live action, I was like, oh, I'm a, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a second, that's Ewan McGregor. And then uh yeah. I th- I wasn't I totally forgot to do the the final part of my whole a plot hole thing because saying uh for ten years, Chip. Let's talk about Mrs. Potts' son. Oh, Chip. she was an infant. If he's if he's even ten years old, so this enchantress curses a a baby. family, <laughs> a family practically like yeah, well, not the husband. You know, in the original movie, you're, the assumption is that she's a widow. 
Oh, that's right. And um, so a mother and her young well, child. Well, he probably fell over and cracked. And <laughs> he was Humpty, Humpty Dumpty. That's what it was. But think about it. Either Chip has been locked as a 10-year-old for 10 years. Well, you know, what's strange about that, too, is writing that down, writing the, the, the is it, I guess it's the epilogue or is it the prologue? Prologue. Prologue's before. That's mm -hmm. right. Thank you. So when writing that, you would at least think, hey, let's make it where the whole castle did something, where it deserves this kind of punishment. Right. Instead, instead, of, kid. instead of the 1920s typical fairy tale, let's just screw every, everybody for no real good reason. <laughs> And Disney even tried to correct it. That's one thing I don't remember. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They had a golden opportunity to fix this plot hole and everything. And they didn't. I mean, their, their feeble attempt was to, to get the, you know, half the town involved. Um, but think about it. So in the nearby village, like, okay, half of them are missing and no one even thinks to look, you know, where? Let's send the search party. Hey, what's that winter castle over there? Yeah. It, yeah. Well, especially since Belle found it. And the oh, dad found it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maurice found it, which means a horse found it because Belle says, hey, Pierre or Philippe, whatever, take me back. And so a horse finds it. So, so it's not like it's hidden behind like, right, let's Snow do White's castle. Let's do a segment here on the new segment of Maurice and Lone Star. It's called, it's called Rewritten by Dick and Skippy. There you go. Rewritten. So the only thing I can think of what we could do to make that movie have a better transition is you get one of the side characters who is a candlestick or whatever, and they devise a plan or scheme to get women into the castle. Make it real creepy, of course. Uh, but, I mean, how else would we get them into... How else would, how else would you get Belle into the castle? Because the Beast clearly doesn't care. He doesn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. He's going to stay there. So they have to bring people in. So the castle in itself is a living thing, right? So the castle could bring people in. Yeah, there you go. So, But maybe that's what they try to intend to do, but they didn't really... Because maybe the wolves were part of it? No, because they're they let themselves get the snot kicked out of yeah. them by the beast. So. so that's how you have to ride it. Somehow the wood the woods, so, yeah, because they wouldn't. The wolves would stop at the like the outskirts of the castle woods. So the woods must be magical too. So the woods somehow get these people in, right? Mm -hmm. It works for me. So that's how you could do. It. I, uh, maybe maybe they had like a, a a Twix bar or something or Snickers on a long string, and every time a woman walks by, they just no, you just get a book. Them. <laughs> get her. Well, that's why it took him so long because no one else in that village read and they all hated Belle for reading. <laughs> like, oh, wait, if we'd done, just done a loaf well, of bread, we would have chicks all over this place. There definitely was a scene for that where, like, they were by the laundry mat thing and she's like, the parents like, can you believe what they're doing over there? And it's them just <laughs> reading. It's like, we got to put a stop to this. Because they're going to get ideas. Oh, that was great. Yeah, good old Beauty and the Beast. So what, let's what, watch Disney screw it up with What was the, uh, the plot twist? I didn't really connect. Like, the mom died. But what was the deal the dad had to leave? I didn't really get that. You mean at the beginning? Well, no, like, that was the, like, the, the Beast used the magic to show her, Belle, what happened to her mom. Like, to show, like, truly, like, they went into the cabin where the mom was dying. Oh, and, like, oh I forgot I about that I didn't really get part. why he had to leave, like, why the, the dad had to leave. Was it like a plague? To get warm water and blankets? I don't know. You, you know what I'm talking I, about, I'm though? remembering now. I'd totally forgotten that. Because leading part. up to that, like, the dad was just like, I had to do it. I had to do it. And I'm like, why did he have to do this? Like, she just died. Like, it's okay. People die. <laughs> Man, you're a cold. You're ice, you got well, ice I meant blood more in your of, veins. like, the way they're, they're trying to put a blame. Like, for some reason, they'd blame the dad on something. I'm uh -huh. like, what control did he have? I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, good question. I got to remember that scene now. Well, if you're a big fan of this new stupid movie they made, <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, which you can stream on Netflix, by the way. That's how I saw it. Okay. Uh, 
it's just, I just didn't, I didn't really feel just it. Just sing along with it. I tried. I didn't know any of the songs. They, they only had like three of the old songs. Here comes that Schistler with this book. Like, oh, I'd sing it. I mean, that, that's one song. And then they had the Beauty and the Beast song. Mm. And then they had the dinner song. And that's, they, oh, they, like, I guess no one fights like Skippy. No one fights oh, like yeah, that's Skippy. True. They have that one. That, that scene even felt out of place. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, I mean, like, it really did. Well, they, they, they bumped up that scene so they could give LeFou his new characterization. Oh, that's right. That was really, that was squeezed in there, too. That whole movie, like, squeezed in a lot of stuff that was completely unnecessary. Like, yeah. I think it was their launch, their launch pad to see if they could get away with. Because think about it, every cartoon that Disney's made in a long time, you know, let's say they got they got to do the socials. They had, well, see, they're seeing if they can do a live version of it and get a whole new generation. So I think Beauty and the Beast was the first. They're gonna do Aladdin. They are doing Aladdin. They're gonna do. Uh, well, see, Aladdin makes sense to me because you could totally do that. True, but all of them, they're they're gonna. Re- I think they're gonna redo all of them. But in my argument, you know, what my argument for the Aladdin was right. What well, they should just take all the voice tracking of uh, Robin Williams and just use it. If they could get away with it, they would. Because Dan, what's his name, Dan Castanella? No, I think Will Sorry. Smith is the genie. Oh dear, I'm not kidding you. So oh I was dear. like, whoa, if you're gonna go that extreme, might as well just use the old. No one's gonna complain about that. It's a CGI character. Like, just do it. I'm telling you, that was a good performance by Robert Williams. Right? I agree. And you've already paid him. <laughs> you don't have to pay him again. Yeah. There you go. Oh, right. we went More into Lone Star here at IRLoneStar.com. We'll be back with more of us. Uh, we're here till 11 o'clock until the weekly business hour. Stick around. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002. Offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving our clients' wealth while guiding them to achieve their financial goals. This is where your concerns get addressed and help you start to breathe easier. Discover us in downtown Conroe, Texas. Visit our website at centurionwa.net or reach us by phone at 936-756-1974. Centurion Wealth Advisors, now let's get your financial house in order. Are we going to a party, Dick? Let's go to a party today. Yeah. Let's, let's find a party somewhere and crash it. 
We should become like professional party crashers. We could do it. I would do that. I would do that. So what have we determined today so far? We determined that uh, the Golden Globes were really wacky. That we have photographic proof that Oprah Winfrey did collude with Harvey Weinstein. And uh, that uh, Courtney Rowland, the uh, sports reporter, has been found under funky circumstances. But she's been found alive, so that's the great news. Uh, That Beauty and the Beast and Harry Potter pretty much sucks. Uh, am I missing anything no, else? No, Beauty and Beast, the, re- the, no, the, 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 yeah, the live action. Live action recent one that you can watch on Netflix and see how bad it is. And uh, that, I think, was just a precursor to how they're going to handle the, quote, live version, and I can only see how it's going to be live because they're not going to use any real animals, of uh, Lion King. I wonder what, if they're going to do any uh, motion capturing for that. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Because you're already paying these actors. Might as well make them dance, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I wonder if they're going to, you know, they should get, like, James Cameron to direct uh, The Little Mermaid live action because he's used to the whole underwater thing. Yeah. Actually, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all over that. We're going to do that. So, uh, hey, did you read any good books lately? <laughs> you heard about the, the whole Steve Bannon book that came out? Was it Fire and Fury? Or Fury? Was that Steve Bannon's book? Yeah. Well, 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 well. He didn't, he wrote it with this this discredited reporter oh but here's the thing a lot of it is based on interviews with bannon and his quotes and now bannon's kind of walking it back the whole thing that everyone's going about and bannon said that donald trump jr's meeting with the russians was treasonous and okay. of course everyone's yeah see we told you and now he's going oh did i say donald trump jr i meant to say manafort uh but i felt bad because it already went to press and so i couldn't take it back so he, uh, Bannon is like severely walking back a lot of his allegations. I wonder how much money they made. Well, here's the thing. It's, I think they're going to lose it all in the lawsuits because if that's the case, if right out of the gate, Bannon says, oh, in the book, it says Donald Trump Jr., but I meant to say uh, Manafort. And I, I just didn't know how to correct it. Believe me, there are some lawsuits around the corner that, uh, and even here's the thing in the fourth of the book, the author even says, Basically, every bit of truth in here you got to take with a grain of salt. That you know that I am. This book is filled with with stretchings of the truth. So it's here's the thing. Long uh, this book is not gonna. There's no smoking gun on this book. It's gonna be on the bestseller list, and it's gonna further divide the country. People going, oh yeah, it's like gonna be their bible. Well, this is you know everything in here is gospel. It has to be, and the other half are gonna go. You're no. So it's it's going to die away soon enough, but it is funny how right out right out of the gate, the main perpetrator is like, "Oh, I, I meant to say this other person." <laughs> My bad. That's pretty funny. And NBC interesting things developing this week. I'm right? excited. It's going to be a fun week uh, here on Morning's Lone Star. Uh, we only have time for one more article thing you want to talk about. What was it? What were you going to say? Oh well, I was just going to do a quick follow up on the uh, NBC is really. Are you serious? Like, on, I want to look at this because what are they claiming? Like, someone hacked hey, their no, not someone hacked. There was a third party, and and I guess in charge of their tweets, uh, in their entertainment division. Okay. Um. Here we go. I'll, and this is uh, uh through Fox News through uh, I think the was AP. It, who who did NBC official right? It was if anyone is, if anyone's listening right now and they want to know what the heck we're talking about. Apparently, after the Golden Globes, NBC tweeted our future president, and it was a picture of uh, Oprah. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. And so now they're claiming they never did it. Yes, well, 
Uh, now NBC officially, they took that one down, has a new tweet saying, yesterday a tweet about the Golden Glows and Oprah Winfrey was sent by a third-party agency for NBC Entertainment in real time during the broadcast. Uh, it was in reference to a joke made during the monologue and not meant to be a political statement. We have since removed the tweet. Skippy calls BS on this one. You, you really think that uh, uh, well, NBC had no knowledge? Well, it's kind of strange that someone didn't mean it to be a political statement when you say they're running for president. I mean, it's... Uh, it was, and it was our president with all caps. And it never underestimate the power of denial. I'm, uh, I'm in a... Uh, a Facebook discussion with a friend of mine right now who politically is, is different from me. And I posted that picture on a friend's timeline about Oprah Winfrey kissing Harvey Weinstein. And I, I got lambasted for him going, wait, you're saying, how could she have known this? Uh, you know, that's, that's hypocrisy. And I, I pointed out Oprah Winfrey is one of the most powerful women on the planet. She pays a lot of people, a lot of money to make sure that she knows everything about everyone. There's no, and the sheer number of women who have come forward about Harvey Weinstein, he was a, like the worst kept secret in Hollywood. As much of a secret as George Takai's sexual preference. You know, it's like when he came out, everyone's like, well, yeah, we've known your husband for 20 years kind of thing. And uh, so. Well, I think the funniest uh, tweet I read about it, like making a joke was, it was that Ben Shapiro guy mm -hmm. who, I think he's a lawyer, but he's on, he's a commentator on a lot of things. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a right wing uh, commentator. He he said basically it's uh they they knew as much about Harvey Weinstein as the NFL knows about concussions. Mm -hmm. So I Do that not, was, yeah, the yeah. sheer no, and I'm talking the sheer number of people coming forward. We're talking That's the Meryl Streeps of the world who say, oh, we knew, we just didn't say anything. You can't not know this. So. Yeah. Well, you know, we got to be wrapping up today, folks. Ah. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Morning's Lone Star, sponsored by Conroe Coffee, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, and Centurion Wealth Advisors. All local companies here in the area, local businesses. Support your local businesses. More information, IRLoneStar.com slash MWLS to see all the stuff about our sponsors. Uh, tomorrow, we do have a special guest. We have a band coming in. Woo! That's right. We have uh, Soul Harbor going to be in the studio around 10 o'clock, but we're going to be filling out the first hour. We're just skipping eyes. So if you want to join us, just listen in online at IRLoneStar.com. Download our app, Lone Star Internet Radio, or listen locally on FM 104.5, 106.1. Uh, and all the, just to let you know, too, today's show will be podcasted on iTunes, Google Play, and, of course, YouTube. So make sure to subscribe to those channels if you can't listen to us every weekday morning from 9 a.m. to 11. We're hanging out. Skippy, it was good to see you. Happy birthday yeah. to your sister. Thank you. And, good to see you this uh, morning. we'll start tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. Full lineup for today. We do a full lineup. IronLoneStar.com for what's happening here at your community radio station. We'll be back tomorrow morning with Mornings and Lone Star. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course, their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.